guys, it's, uh, well, it's Hannibal here, almost said my uh, legal name, I'm going to leave that one out, so for this podcast, my name is Hannibal, and that name comes from the Carthaginian general, uh, one of my heroes who I look up to, he coined the expression, the words, I will either find a way or make one, and he did that while crossing the Alps, on his way to go to war with Rome. Okay, so he crossed the Alps, he came upon a rock, an impenetrable rock that he needed to pass, and he got past it. Do you know he got past it? Please, sir. Milo? No. Now, I'll tell you how we did it. He poured, he, he, he got the little bit of t- uh, timber that he had, it was snowing, he, he put together a little bit, bit of wood that he had, he made a fire, melted the ice around him in a large pot, boiled it, and then threw that hot water onto that impenetrable rock that was blocking his way, blocking his way to his dream. And it was a horrible dream. <laughs> he wanted to take Rome, he wanted to, you know, put Rome on its, on its knees. And once that hot water hit the rock, he would then throw ice uh, on that rock. And you know what happens when hot, very hot means very cold? shatter, shatter, and what shattered was the rock, and the rock shattered, and that's where the, that's where he coined the expression, I will either find a way or make one, so I live my life, I try to at least, uh, based on certain uh, principles, and I follow uh, certain uh, heroes, I call them heroes, and one of those is Hannibal, so for the podcast, I'll be known as Hannibal, and I have with me, Gylo. Hey guys. Hey, what's up? Yeah, so um, I want to tell you a bit about myself. I'm 42 years old. I uh, was born in Melbourne and was moved out of Melbourne at the age of 11 uh, to live in Sydney. I uh, didn't do much while at school, to be honest. I was a failure. And uh, when I tell you failure, I mean... I not only failed my high school uh, exams, but I got uh, 15 and under, which was a scoreline so low that they would not let you know what it is, out of whatever embarrassment. But I failed miserably, and I knew I would, because I didn't study. I wasn't really um, interested in school. A bit of a troublemaker, actually. Um, I, from that, I went to TAFE, and you're not gonna believe this, but I actually, you don't know this, but I uh, applied to be a secretary, not a secretary of state, a secretary for, you know, like the, the, the women's secretaries. Yeah. I did. You know why I did that? Yeah. So I could pick up girls. That was it. Anyway, I didn't last two weeks. Uh, after that, I did smarten up just a little bit and went to TAFE again. And I... Uh, Three years I did a carpentry joinery course which I completed successfully and for some reason I jumped ship again and I became a forklift driver. Wow, that was terrible. Uh, anyone listening that is a forklift or that works in a warehouse, I'm sorry 
it is. Uh, it was horrible for me. Uh, I, uh, you had to be tough. I don't know, when I was growing up, I had a lot of racism. Uh, and I didn't experience a lot of racism, generally. But I did feel it in this warehouse. And I was just moving boxes when I started. But I moved up to the glorious forklift driver. And I did that for a few years. And then I got fired. Shortly after that, me and my twin brother purchased for $15,000 a cafe in an area in New South Wales called Lane Cove. We bought that with a three-year um, lease. And if anybody has done business before, you don't buy anything or any business for a three years. You usually get an option. Okay, three by three by three. So we didn't know that. I was 21 at the time. Um, and we, me and my brother worked for three years. And we worked till, the, till that cafe closed down. Shortly after that, I managed to save $15,000. This was in 2001. And I went and purchased a one-way ticket overseas. So I backpacked for a year. Um, I wanted to make it to Europe. I actually ran out of money. Uh, I think it was in China. So, of course, what do you do when you run out of money? You apply for a job in the local country or you go back home. Came back home. Anyway, got back home. I was inspired just a little bit. Hey, can you pause that? back again uh, had a phone call so I'll tell you where we are we are on the way to Sydney we've been in Melbourne uh, me and Lilo have been in Melbourne for 10 days and I'll tell you a bit about what we were doing uh, after I finished just introducing myself anyway so I got back to Australia and I did learn a few uh, lessons and I know this sounds a bit corny but when I was in Laos I remember being in a village uh, not, not a small village but in a village and it was I remember it was during the week uh, weekdays and uh, there was kids everywhere and I asked the kids themselves why are you not at school and I think you know this is the first lesson I think uh, when we just assume that everybody has the life that we live in our first world you know, countries. Um, and I had many of those experiences, but I want to focus on this one because they said to me, we don't have a school in our village. And I was shocked because, uh, you know, everyone goes to school from where I'm from. I'm from Sydney, so everyone goes to school. And... Um, I was a bit shocked, but I didn't say anything, but it, it kind of stayed with me. And the lesson I got was, and, and, I, and I said this to myself, well, and this is going to sound corny, but it's true, I said, well, um, I could, I know that I can go to university. See, I'm a, I was a bum, I'm not going to lie to you. I failed in high school. Um, I, I got through the carpentry joinery course. And, you know, I just, what I seem to do is just get jumping shit from one place to another. But when I saw what 
was given to me by Australia, and a lot of people may put this country down, but what I got is that I could do whatever I want. And if I wanted to go to uni, I could go to uni. And I honestly thought that I should do this on behalf of those that can't. See, I told you it was going to be corny. So when I got back to Sydney, I googled uh, or searched the internet at the time, uh, how do I get into university? And there is a way, and I think it's still around, you can actually do a university preparation program, and it's offered uh, throughout most of the universities in New South Wales, and I'm going to assume Australia, if you're listening from uh, Australia. So I made that application and I chose the University of New South Wales um, and I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a lawyer because I was told by my family and friends that I love to argue, right? True. So uh, it, was, it was simple. You pay five or six hundred dollars at the time and it's a six month course. Um, I wasn't doing much so I... Uh, applied, got in, anyone can get in, and i got to tell you, I blitzed it, blitzed it, and I'll tell you why I blitzed it, because I was older, um, and I think travelling, I think everybody should travel, okay, I think it's the most, for me, I mean, when I backpacked, um, I mean, I slept on the ground, I ate things I'd never eat, and of course, I met people, and I think the other thing is, I did about 10 countries, and they were all in Southeast Asia and Asia, like China, but one thing I... Uh, did get out of it is that you don't have to change how you are when you travel. You just got to maintain a level of respect, okay? And if you do that, if, if, I can break that down further. Just be polite, okay? If you just are extremely polite, I think you can get away with anything, uh, and everyone will like you, and I think you'll have a great time. So when I got back. I knew for the first time what I wanted, uh, and I felt like I was an adult. When you know what you want, and I think when you know what you want and you're driven, nothing will get in your way, and nothing got in my way. I studied day and night, I hounded my lecturers. I did not know how to write an essay, okay? I went out from high school. I think I wrote, to my memory, one essay. And you know how much I got out of it? I put everything in it. I worked day and night, probably when I was in, class of 10, we got 12 out of 10, 12 out of 10, uh, out of 20, <laughs> 12, see I don't even know how to count, I didn't go to uni to learn how to count, I can guarantee you that, so I got 12 out of 20, and that turned me off school completely, that was one of the big moments for me, why I didn't give a crap about school, but anyway, going back to uni, I hounded my uh, lecturers, and I showed them maybe 30 drafts of my essay. They were sick of me. But I knew something about that. That they, I could not fail. Not only that, if I kept going back to the same lecturers, they were going to, they almost did the essay for me, right? So I did, I topped my class and I was given the opportunity. And there was only two in the class. I want you to know this. I'm not, I'm not showing off here. I want to explain what it means to have that drive, right? You know, not that your parents want you to do it, not that you should, you know, you think somebody should, uh, you know, uh, that you should ought to be that person, but that you want it yourself. And there was two people that got into the higher levels, like application-wise, and yes, I got into law at the age of about 20, 
five or 26. This was a while ago. And five years later, I was a uh, lawyer. I was a solicitor and I practiced law for years, for about maybe five or six years. But, but now I want to go back to uni because what I do today is a product of what I did during the holidays at my at university. So I met, I met a lot of people, I made a lot of friends. One of them, I don't want to mention his name, but he was a, he was a, he was a lovely guy. Um, and we got along well, and we decided to go overseas. And we also decided that we wanted to see if we can run a business. Uh, we had this, everyone wants to run a business, I think. So we went overseas, and we went to a trade show. We were, we were in India. And we were that excited that we, uh, my mate went and got cards printed out, just whilst cards, because at the time, if you didn't have a business card, you weren't allowed in. And we did it, we got in, and we spent about five days. We were giddy, actually, so excited. I think they knew we were just, you know, we, were, we weren't the real McCoy. Anyway, we got nothing out of it, I'm not gonna lie to you, nothing. No leads, nothing. They saw straight through us. They saw that we were excited just to be there. Anyway, got back, long story short, bought a couple of leather journals, family members, got back home, and instead of giving them to family, we sold them and made a profit. And I think that's the basic principle of business, right? I mean, you buy, especially in retail, which is what I'm in, you to buy something and hope to God people love it, love it enough to pay more than what you bought it for, and that's your profit, right? And that was the best time of my life. Anyway, speed up. Yes. Uh, 12 years. 12 years later. Uh, I own a leather business. I am sometimes called the leather man. And I have went from designing products to hand making them. Uh, and I love what I do. That's the truth. Now, it's not all sunshine. And it's not all... No, it's not. It has been. The best time of my business life has been the beginning. Because I was working. And I, I want to give you a tip. When you start a business, please don't rely on the net profit. Don't rely on the income it produces. So when you want to start a business, make sure you're working somewhere else. I don't care what you're doing. Whether, as I was, practicing law, or if you're working in, in, in a retail shop or in a uh, supermarket uh, store, keep working, okay? Because if you rely on the income that your very small, very, very embryonic business uh, uh, makes, you will fail, I guarantee you, okay? So I'll tell you how long. We did not, me and my my mate did not spend a dollar of that business, of that the money that was generated through that very little business for guess how long? Two years. I shit you not. Two years. Now can you imagine this? Two years of buying and selling and growing and not paying ourselves. Okay? So after that two years, the very first thing we bought, can you imagine what I bought? What we bought? chicken burger, chicken burger, meal, actually, it was upgraded, 
So that's our celebration. That's the first time we ever paid ourselves. Anyway, um, so that's my story. Um, and I want to tell you about, I don't consider myself successful, actually at the moment, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm comfortable, but I'm not successful. And I only define success as you make a plan of where you want to be business-wise or life and if you get there if you reach that goal you're successful and whilst I'm on the road to success I can say that okay I am on the road to success and I think that's more fun than getting there um, and it, I think it's sorry I've, I've, I've got to say I think it's better that there is no finish line okay so I don't think somebody should um, beginning of their business life say they want a certain like put a number on it for example I want to be a multi-millionaire that is the worst um, aim for me success should come from other things okay so for example from being creative I mean I'm a bit creative at the moment I was not creative in law law is boring every aspect and I love law I love the application of law and I loved uh, defending uh, and, and representing people but I wasn't creating anything maybe I was just creating an argument right but that's it and it, you had to be creative to get some people to you know to get your clients I guess to get the best outcome that you know that, that, that is possible under the law so if you want and I think if you want to start a business for example I want to focus on business I don't want to focus on family life because that's that's a whole new world uh, I am married, so uh, please no love letters, okay? Uh, don't call me after 11 p.m. Yeah, that's a daddy joke. I will be a daddy soon. So, success for me is about actually being on that road to success. So if you want to start a new business, uh, I think the first thing you need to do, like, and I didn't do this, I'm learning backwards. And I think really just study, go to university and do a business. I know so many people that are currently studying business. And I think those people have a better start for success in business than I did, okay? Uh, the other thing you should do is set yourself small goals. Uh, and again, I didn't do that. So I, what I'm doing, I guess, you know, you think, what the hell is this guy telling us? If, if he, he did nothing, that he's, you know, he's trying to uh, uh, advise on. The truth is that uh, I was lucky, okay? You can get lucky, and I think you need a bit of luck in business. I was very lucky. We picked, me and my mate picked a product that everybody was against, all right? This was a handmade cotton journal. It did look rough, right? And nobody thought we'd sell it for the price we did. But there is... Uh, there was at the time uh, organic growth uh, in the products that we chose. We didn't have to push very hard. We just put them out there and people wanted them. Now that doesn't happen all the time and it did for us and that's why I guess when when a business grows without energy you don't really uh, you, you don't really need uh, any fuel to make it grow. But 
Okay, one sec, let me just think. So, luck uh, in when you start a business is quite important, but there is something else over the years, over the 12 years, and 12 years is nothing, guys. This is why I'm, I'm not the authority on success. I just, want to, I just want to share my success or my road to success. But there's one thing I learned, there's many, you know, one of many things. One uh, in particular is that, you know, one of the most important things that I learned I needed in business was failure and competition. Okay, two things, my apology. With competition, it actually competition is one of the harder things. I think failure is easier because you can. it's easy to blame others. Uh, for example, if, if you do a, uh, a uh, trade fair or you attend, uh, for example, in Sydney, the Royal Easter Show and you don't do well uh, and you do terribly, you can consider that as a failure, okay? Um, now, I don't. But uh, if you did, if you do, you better, you know, you better get that out of your vocabulary because a part of, obviously, uh, getting that road to success is lots of failure. And if you do listen to motivational um, uh, people on the internet or on YouTube, you'll notice that they do focus a lot on uh, that failure being part of success. And I absolutely agree, okay? The other thing I want to talk about is uh, competition. I call it business enemies, okay? Now, the first time I encountered a business enemy was uh, when I was sitting on my laurels, relaxed, making money, doing, not doing much. Uh, it was very easy. And then along came a competitor and uh, was selling similar products. Now, I have to tell you, uh, I got a bit angry and aggressive and I approached them aggressively. And the way I originally at the time thought about it was that they are taking food from my plate. This was my domain. I felt like one of those drug dealers, you know, you can't enter my territory. Uh, and I did uh, aggressively approach them and warn them uh, aggressively uh, that, you know, they're messing with me right now. Uh, that didn't quite backfire. Again, I was lucky. I could have been kicked out of that market um, for being, uh, you know, aggressive, but I didn't. I was lucky again. So I guess, you know what, you can make some decisions as you grow and some of them might cause you to, you know, um, go backwards in, 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 not only in business, but in life. You can get a criminal record for being aggressive or overly aggressive. So what I did, and it woke the giant in me, and I call it the giant because we all have sleeping giants in us. And that giant decided to get off his uh, off his chair and start creating new products. And I gotta tell you, uh, it, it is quite amazing when you, in your little world, in your little business, you lead the pack, okay? And when I say lead the pack, I mean you create the next year's lineup. So that's why I call myself a designer, okay? I design the leather products that I sell. I have, I put a, I put a great deal of input in it and I work on improving uh, the, the product that I'm trying to sell, make it better than the, my competitor, okay? That way, I'm leading. They can copy me, they can get last year's model, right? And I'll just keep trying to be ahead. And, I, and this is why I think having business enemies, and, uh, or, and do not talk to your business enemy, I don't care what anyone says. Do not befriend your competitor, okay? 
because everybody gets a 10 out of 10 when you meet them. Everybody's love and happiness, and I want you to prosper. That's all in business, guys. It's all bullshit. All right? You can be friends with them, you can talk about anything you like, but do not talk about your product if it's similar to that. Okay? So I think Business Enemies is fantastic. I don't think you should take them personally. Um, and I think uh, it motivates you to uh, improve. Okay? That's pretty much all for today. Um, I hope you enjoyed the uh, 25 minutes or so of me bullshitting to you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> me chit-chatting. If you like it, let me know. Uh, and let me know if you want me to talk more about other things, okay? Cheers.